And then can you look at that bar and make sure that we're not going over it? We're not peeking anything. La 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 la. Ba 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 ba. Ha ha ha. I'm not peeking. <laughs> I had to go as loud as I possibly could. <laughs> <laughs> that one got a little blippy, a little clippy. <laughs> not blippy. That's what my son watches. <laughs> it's Monday. Are you already recording? It doesn't feel like Monday. Yeah, I've been recording this whole time. <laughs> I didn't have my mic up to my face at all. That's okay. I just had it like nesting my I'm boob. Sure there's some some bits in there. <laughs> it's just in just my breast, <laughs> the microphone, until I'm ready. You did that last time too. I listened to our first episode and was like, "Oh, we really were rolling." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's okay. It's nice to have that though. We'll go back and just pick out the real great tidbits. I hope so. The sound of your heart beating. <laughs> In your breast. <laughs> ha ha ha. Okay. Oh, that's good. How are you? You know, it's sunny here. Yeah. And it feels like I'm in Colorado, so I like that. You had to cancel your trip. Because I had to cancel my trip, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. It feels, this is perfect. Because you are fiscally responsible. I am fiscally responsible. Okay. That's right. Sometimes traveling makes sense, and sometimes it just fucking doesn't. I, to be honest, my biggest concern about the trip was having to use a restroom in a gas station. Sure. Yeah, I was like, oh, God, I'm just going to pee and poop on the side of the road and not even worry about it. Rightfully so. (laughs) Don't they have those, like, there are these camping like funnels that you can for women that you the peasy is that what it is it's called a peasy you know more than i do um that's because my father bought me one as a stocking stuffer a couple years what ago is it like? for christmas Does i've it never work? used it i just have it in my camping stuff like in case i need to cover my mons you with this thing that in your, your mons. <laughs> just put that in your glove box for when you really need it okay yeah and then on the side of the road you can just there it is squat and yeah I wonder how that works. I'd be really curious because I heard about that on a podcast that I used to listen to religiously called Side Hustle School. Uh-huh. And I heard like the whole story about how she developed it. And it was a, um, an outdoorsy woman, I think. Yeah. was yeah, like, I'm obviously tired of this. By a woman. <laughs> yes. Obviously. Much like all of the brilliant things I feel like that have come about in the kitchen. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Like the bottom freezer. <laughs> That's a woman. That's a woman saying, I'm so tired of this. I am done with this freezer. Yes. Mm-hmm. Shit falling on me. Yeah. Now I'm just going to go, I'm going to reach into the freezer less often than I have to reach into my vegetable drawer. And that's the way God intended I it. I never reach into my vegetable drawer because I need to eat more goddamn vegetables. <laughs> but I do like reaching into my freezer. And it was a game changer when we moved into this house and we got the, the bottom shelf uh, yeah. freezer. And the only trouble I've had, and it might just be with our particular refrigerator but sometimes the freezer doesn't like it looks like it's closed and it feels like it's closed but But it's it's not not. suctioned does it ding you does it go ding? it does not i wish it did (laughs) i wish um but then i'll open the fridge and everything will have just a little layer of buzz on it Uh you know the ice fuzz and i'm like dang it first world issue (laughs) (laughs) this life sucks (laughs) (laughs) oh my god my my blueberries are almost thawed (laughs) i'm taking my shoes off good so today we're talking about COVID. COVID, a little bit. We're going to dish on a little bit of some <laughs> music. We're going to convince each other of some music that maybe we're not as jazzed about. Right. And we're going to talk about some epic things that we've done for $100 or less. <laughs> I don't know they call them epic, but yes. Okay. Yes, we're going to talk about They're them. epic because we remember them. This but is true. Right. Um, yeah. So 
COVID. COVID. You're the one that has a tiny child. Like, I want to know what it's like to have COVID and a tiny child. You know? Not have COVID, but to live yeah, in right, COVID. Right. Well, you know, he goes to daycare daily. Um, I know they do everything that, like, this daycare I feel safe with. Mm-hmm. It's smaller. They take a lot of precautions. Um, I know that if someone tests positive, we all find out about it. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> we have the, the choice as to whether or not, you know, we pull him for that time or we keep him in. Um I feel like kids are pretty resilient. They I, just pre-COVID in general, there were so many <laughs> bodily there still are so many bodily fluids and things under fingernails. Yeah, boogers, poop, yes, pee, just dirt and substances that I'm not even sure what they are when I touch them. Right, and things don't scare me as much knowing that. You know, he just kind of naturally has that sheen. Yeah. <laughs> the little kid sheen. Um, and he, when he gets something sticky on his hands, he just holds his hands up and goes, it's icky. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I need wipe. I need wipe. And I give him a wipe and he cleans himself off. So yeah. naturally, I feel like he's pretty attuned to the cleanliness Yeah, he doesn't process. like it. That's awesome, though. He's like, I need a wipe. That's I, right. Yeah. And he'll even tell me when he wants a bath. Mm-hmm. I need a bath. I need dirty. Okay. <laughs> But all that aside, you know, it's still something that we're thinking about constantly yeah. every time. Um, we are not allowed as parents when we go into daycare to go past the entryway, and we have mm-hmm. to mask up. Mm-hmm. So that is all kind of micromanaged by the daycare. They do a really good job, but, yeah. And then macro level, I just feel like it uh, obviously gives me a lot to think about as a parent, you know, as we see other people's parents ailing and um in some cases passing and that's terrifying um you know i contemplate our immortality on a day-to-day basis so yeah 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 about you you know my folks are able to be safe they're both retired you know um i think the fact that my girlfriend works in a state hospital I'm just so aware of how much it's affecting our essential workers. And I hate to use that word because everyone is essential. We know that. Right. But right now, people who, they really don't have a choice of of interacting with people and always social distancing, especially, you know, in the mental health profession, which is what, you know, my girlfriend does. So there's, there's just this fear of, you know, I find myself, like, laying there, like, I wonder what her coworkers are doing tonight. Are they out in the bar? Are they, you know, because it's not... Opening back up doesn't just affect the, you know, the people who make the choices. It affects the people who are vulnerable. And I understand we have to open back up. But the idea that that we just are going to go blindly into this, like, right. churches and everybody's singing and we're having choral rehearsals and we're doing all the things. It's like I feel really weird about it. And yeah. um, I don't want it to be fear-based, but I also want to be realistic of watching my friend who's a nurse, just seeing what's happening mm-hmm. with, this, with my healthcare worker friends. I just... I'm so grateful. It's a lot that that I have what the job I have, and also, I just want to be cognizant of how very privileged and lucky I am. Right, if that makes sense. Absolutely. So, and also just trying to be really supportive of the friends that I have doing it. Right. Yeah, but it feels really close here in Missouri. Like it feels close. Mm-hmm. Right, and I think about where we are physically and just within the state and our our particular county and our particular city and um you know there are we're just surrounded we are surrounded by people who want many different things and 
um, you know, it's not, it's never an infringement on personal freedom. Like, right. You know, you can not wear a mask if you don't want to, just like you can not wear a (laughs) seatbelt. Right. You know, you don't, you don't have to do that, but you are breaking the law according to our city right Right. now. Right. If you, if you choose not to. And so that's just as a society, I think there's like a collective, um, come to Jesus about what we think is the greater good. You know, the laws are not in place to infringe on, on people's personal liberties. That's not it. No. 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 So it's to mitigate them. I'm friends with many different, with people with many different viewpoints on that. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm struggling or not struggling, but cognizant of in everyday conversations with those people of checking it and then being like, and we're continuing with our relationship. Right. Right. So yeah, that's where I am. Yeah. I think that as a musician, I'm watching friends, um, I'm watching friends really struggle um, those who are, you know, primarily teachers, that they're really live performers or um, studio musicians, and just seeing what that's doing. Yeah, you know that other piece of it of um, just recognizing that while in my house things are a certain way, and right next door it's completely different. Mm-hmm. You know, and that just keeping that, I guess, keeping an open heart and really being like letting that compassion in. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because and the other thing is just shutting off. I'm I'm going on to Facebook. I watched The Social Dilemma. Okay, that's what happened. I don't know if you've seen it on Netflix. I have not. Okay, well, if you're listening to this podcast, know <laughs> that if you watch The Social Dilemma on Netflix, you will delete all of your social media apps, like, directly off of the, after the movie, and then you'll realize that you're an addict, and then you'll, like, put one of them back on your phone the next day and then delete it again, and it's a vicious cycle, but there's just too much. I've seen the back of Disneyland on the documentary, <laughs> and now, so it's only for work. I'm on there for work, and right. I, might see, I might see a couple of friends, I'm like, oh, teetly teet teeth, and then I get out. Right. Uh-huh. I just have to get out, because it's, it's increasing the divide. Sure. And I've seen people that we are friends with um, take a similar course. I'm shutting down social media mm-hmm. or I'm having, you know, some accountability actions in place so that my significant other takes my phone and I'm not just mindlessly scrolling because that's what it is. And I do think the mindless, the mindless scrolling of social media is um, like a freeze mechanism. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, like coping. I don't know. It's numbing. It's coping and yep. it's numbing and it's I don't know what to do right now. So I'm just going to see what other people are doing. And yeah, um, absolutely. And yeah. if you can, you know, we all have the vices. And if that's social media or if that's, you know, the ice cream or if that's <laughs> the, the alcohol, alcohol the or drugs or I mean, we all do it. Some mm-hmm. people, you know, it's over exercising. I mean, yeah. it's it's a thing where it's like, oh, no, I'm, I have to I can't just run like eight miles a day. I have to do like you know, 30 and that's what right. keeps my body fit. And so we all have it. It's a control thing. It's just how we, we doing just, it. Yep. How so. are we going to numb? How are you going to numb? <laughs> how are, are your you? numbing similarly? <laughs> how combined? are you going to numb today? <laughs> exactly. Like what's the first thing you want to numb out in the morning? I have wine for breakfast. <laughs> I don't, I want to, but do I do you? Oh, yeah. mm. no, that's a bloody Mary for me. Like morning Bev. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Man, I hate Bloody Marys. Do you? I really do. It's like the one alcohol. I'm, I'm like so surprised because there's like, it's like food it's like and tomato-y. It's healthy. And it's all the things. It's, I don't know what it is. I just don't no. like the tang of the tomato. That's just. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've never been big on Bloody Marys. So. There's another one called like a, where you put a Clamato in there where it's like half beer, half with a little clam juice and then half tomato juice. And I, so. Mm, you hit, no. No. no still m- tomato. You stopped me with clam juice. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so gross. <laughs> 
<laughs> so gross. Clam juice, the way to start your morning. <laughs> Clam up. Okay. I know. But I just feel so <laughs> icky just thinking about it. It's like fish sauce when you cook Thai and you're like, oh, God. It smells I can't. so bad, but it makes everything taste it's so perfect. good. It's perfect. I know. And you don't smell it once you cook the food. Right. You're eating it and then the whole house smells like vomit, but it's you don't care because you're <laughs> having your pat Thai and it's perfect. That's right. So yes. I make this um vegetable plus whatever we have in the fridge, fried rice, and mm-hmm. I always use a little bit of fish sauce, yes. and every time it hits the frying pan, Blake's like, I think that stuff is bad. I'm like, nope, that's just how it is. <laughs> that is the stank that makes <laughs> it so good. Stanky good. Stank. Yeah. Okay, so that's how we're doing. Yep, that's a, that was that was step one. Okay. COVID check-in. Uh, we need to talk about Josh Groban and Adele. Yep. Who wants to go yep. first? Okay, so my... <laughs> hatred for Josh Groban was resurged because I've been watching Ally McBeal as one of my binge shows. Oh. And so Josh Groban has a couple of spots on there where he does indeed sing, of course. Does he? Yes. I saw that on the Wikipedia article. Yes. That I looked at. He sang on some Ally McBeal, which as soon as I saw him in the previews, I was like, oh, God, Josh Groban is back. And I didn't realize... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the dread that I had upon seeing it. So I've, I've determined what it is that I don't specifically like about his music. Okay. It is that I'm being manipulated emotionally to feel something. Like, okay. we're going to write this song about somebody who's going to heaven and having wings. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And we're going to start it with the strings and have it nice and, like, all stringy. And then Josh Groban's going to come in with his luscious voice. With his velvety baritone. Yes. And there's going to be something about climbing higher, lifting to the sky. You raise me up. Well, yes, right. technically, I wasn't going <laughs> to use his lyrics. But, yes, um, just flying on heaven's wings. And uh-huh. it just makes my vagina slowly <laughs> curl up. up. Clam, it? it clams up. Your yeah. vagina. Josh Groban makes your vagina clam up. It makes me want to just sew it shut. <laughs> <laughs> no entry access here. <laughs> Josh like, Groban. My soul is dead. I don't oh. know. Well, yes. And to. So it's really, mm-hmm. I would like to say it's about Josh Groban's voice, but right. it is, I think, about the aesthetic, the aesthetic of that. It's okay. a little, there, Andrea Bocelli also oh. hanging out in that camp. Okay. How about Charlotte Church? She originated it. Okay. See, yeah. and that, beside the fact that, you know, her, like, crowning achievement was that she was so young, right? Right. But, um, yes, I agree with that. And I think that um, it's almost like by some turn of the screw, he has found a niche of people that maybe aren't classically trained or um, people that want to listen to classical music, but they want it. Yes. They want it. Um, suited to their tastes. You it's know? like crossover classical pop. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I agree with that. I will say, in order to try to convince you, other than the fact that he he did some pretty intense training. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he he's did. A trained. <laughs> like everything is supported technically. Everything's yes. good there. Um, he gives millions of dollars in philanthropic efforts to music. Does he? Yeah, he's a philanthropist. Oh, I didn't even Google Adele. Oh, like, I'm not prepared for. Oh, that's fine. Come that's back fine. Harley, you as can much. still talk to me about Adele. But that's that. Fine. Yeah, no, he gives uh, millions of dollars to music 
he has his, his own foundation. Well, that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I would be curious to see, and I don't know. I'd be curious to see what kind of things that entails. But yeah, he gives his money away, and Kay. we can't ever argue with that. We so. can't. Man, there I you might go. be feeling a little guilty oh, about no, the harsh no. things I said about him now that I know he's such an <laughs> amazing person. You're like, person. I hate his vibrato, <laughs> but he's such a nice fellow. <laughs> but he, boy, he's no, nice. No, that's okay. You don't and need you know, to feel guilty. If he was one of my friends, I probably would never say those things. Sure. It's just that he's this person out <laughs> in obscurity. Like if I, if someone I, even if someone I knew knew Josh Groban, sure, I would have more compassion. But he's a lot easier to dislike so right. far away. Well, he's so far away, we can't touch him. No, we can't touch him. Well, us. he doesn't care he's what not I think. Listening to this you podcast, know. if he is, we're sorry, Josh Groban. <laughs> I'm sure you're a very kind fellow. I, I know you are. You give away lots of money. <laughs> But beside the point, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I think from a marketing perspective, it's kind of brilliant, actually. You know, it's – but, yeah, I agree. That that camp, that aesthetic. You're totally right that it brings me to an idea of this, like, the crossover stuff in general mm-hmm. of how, how picky people who are classically trained are about their singers. Yeah. Because it's, it's almost like – well, this it goes back to that thing we've talked about a thousand times, but like the ideal is this, right? And the ideal way that you express that music is through X, Y, and Z. This box. And if you're not in these boxes, mm-hmm. then it's not really legit. Right. It's, it's you know, it's musical theater or it's pop or it's jazz. Yeah, you know, it's, it's those out. things. It's outside. But of it that. is not the ideal, mm-hmm. which I'm really super grateful people are starting to realize is crazy racist. Yeah. And it has been. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so I'm kind of excited. Not, I'm not excited about it. I'm like, yay. yay racism. Exactly at all. <laughs> but the idea that people are starting to recognize that whenever we talk about gospel music is kind of, um, it's not the ideal right. vocally mm-hmm. because the melismas aren't belo- Baroque. Or we don't learn it by reading music necessarily. Right. It's or an oral tradition. Mm-hmm. And that idea of that is just always been like folk world or it's not performed in a concert setting necessarily right Mm -hmm. right yeah I'm excited about it too I'll say that I'm excited that there's a slowly churning movement to recognize Mm -hmm. and to legitimize but not change in 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 that sense of the word but to say this is equally as valid that we learn this and that we do it authentically and not just tack it on to the end of a concert because it's got a bombastic ending you you it's what we talked about before and just gonna end on that elijah bring out elijah (laughs) elijah rock here we go exactly but yeah so adele I guess, okay, so I'll start by saying that her music is fantastically produced. I think that the music is well assembled, and I think that the songwriting is pretty well written. I, and I don't know if she writes her own stuff or not, so that might be. Yeah, there's a lot. She's often on the title. She's there. Right, okay. So I think the thing about Adele's songs that drive me nuts are the chorus is never different from the verses, chord-wise. Okay. So that and, and listen, the next time you hear an Adele song, you're going to be like, the chorus is going to be exactly the same, but yeah. it feels different enough. You know, she does, the, the melody is different, the production is different, but the chords are the same. That drives me nuts. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Yeah. I just want it to be different. So that's point one. And then I have to be careful about how I phrase this because I don't want to come off as pompous. It doesn't sound healthy. She doesn't sound healthy. Yes. Um, but that's not to say that you have to sound healthy, obviously, to be successful. She's very successful. Right. I respect that. Um, yeah, that's... Yeah, the health factor, I I did... Um, 
anticipate the health factor. Right. I think about some of the iconic voices that I love. Mm -hmm. So Stevie Nicks, what would you say if you're going to say something as a voice teacher about Stevie Nicks's voice? As a voice teacher? Yeah. Mm. If you had a student come in, uh -huh. you know, and Stevie Nicks presented herself. Mm -hmm. I guess I'd have to say, hey, this is your voice. And we're going to honor it and be true to what it is. But also, I'm going to show you some things to produce that sound healthfully. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. I think about in terms of quick vibrato. Mm. That she's kind of known for that fast, bullet-like mm -hmm. vibrato. Um, or I would say, yeah, there's a p an element of that, right? So we know as music, as voice teachers, that the fast vibrato can equal tension. Right. Right. So... I might have, I'm, I'm, I just really feel this way. I might have tried to work that out. I might have tried to loosen some of that sound for her. Uh huh. And then we wouldn't have Stevie Nicks's voice. Right. And so I feel the same way about Nina Simone. Mm -hmm. That tone quality is one of a kind. It is Nina Simone. Doesn't matter where you are. If you hear a song come on the radio or in the store anywhere, you're like, that's Nina Simone. Amy Winehouse. Amy Winehouse, same way. Janice Joplin. J yes. And mm -hmm. I feel like Adele gets that pass. Yeah. That's the thing for me where I'm like, God, I'm so glad someone didn't try and, and fix that or manipulate it because sure. it gave us the sound where it's like, that's, it's that's the only one. Yeah. Billie Holiday, Ella Fitzgerald, you hear these people and I can always tell. Right. Here's, I can't tell, always tell the difference between um, Dinah Washington and Sarah Vaughn. Mm -hmm, Sometimes mm -hmm. I can't, right? Even though I love them both, the velvety, it blends into one idea for me. Mm -hmm. Even though I know who's doing what because I was a nerd in high school and looked at all the things on the back of the CD and who was playing, and that's how I knew who Ray Brown was, and you mm -hmm. know. But I'm so grateful for that reason because those are that's what makes the voice, right? So yeah, you're right. Let's see if we can do that maybe with it's a healthy just, way. Maybe it's just resentment. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe it's just deep seated resentment that you know. Girls I had to have multiple surgeries. She did? Yeah, two, okay. I think, at least. I didn't know that. But then so did Julie Andrews. So did Julie Andrews. And she's got the the opposite of Adele, I guess, yeah. is what you'd say. And the same problem. So, yeah. you know, who who are we to to say without, like, literally going in with a scope and looking at her vocal right. folds? <laughs> right. Well, and I'm just thinking about all the times that I intentionally do not let my vibrato out, even though sometimes I know I'm going to have to manipulate the inside of my mouth and all sorts of things. Where I'm yeah. like, that's not healthy, but I do it because I do not like the sound of my vibrato. Uh -huh. And mm -hmm. I'm tired of trying to change it. I just avoid it. You're like, what is my true sound? I, I still question that. Facebook scroll over that. Just Facebook. <laughs> numb right over <laughs> numb that. Numb right over that vibrato. Just find it at the bottom of the wine glass. No. But I hear what you're saying about the resentment, though, where it's like, well. Yeah. <laughs> right. I bet maybe it's the, I just don't know what my true voice is because I've had to chameleon and be so many different things over the years. I and I... Audra and I perform in a band together, and there's one song that I wrote that I don't mind performing. It's more than this. Uh -huh. But I hear a very different, I hear a very Adele voice on that. Yeah. And so when I try to perform that, I'm like, am I trying to be somebody different? What does my natural voice sound like on this? Obviously, I'm not singing opera on this, like, reggae. It's almost like a reggae tune. Um, but, yeah, all those thoughts still swimming in my head. Yeah, I well, I love what you're saying because I feel like um – that's one of the things I've been like crazy focused on with the narrative of the singer's bar is it's yours. It's only yours. And the idea that for so long my voice wasn't mine. It was what my teachers thought. It was what mm -hmm. other people 
told me it was. Right. To the point where I stopped singing. Mm. Wow. And that you is shut you I just shut, shut, it, shut it down. I just Facebook scrolled it right down. Just Facebook yeah, scrolled it. Yeah, just shut it down and mm. uh And that's such a shame up. because your voice is awesome. Well, and whether it is or not is what I've realized. It doesn't matter. It's mine. Right. So it's the one I have. You can't change your voice. Right. You can manipulate, manipulate it and train. You can Josh Groban it. Yes. But. <laughs> Josh Groban. <laughs> <laughs> like right. List That's of new verbs really is bad. Oh my gosh. Josh Grobening, Facebook scrolling, such sewing bitch. it up. <laughs> yeah. So clam up. <laughs> just clam up. Um, yeah, but no, it's not like you know, a drum that you can just get a different one or tune it or, right. you know, um, I think it's a very personal thing for singers to be told fit into this box X, Y, or Z, or what, what are the alternatives? Right. Because if your voice doesn't do that, my voice was not bu- built to carry over an orchestra and, um, I don't want to, or feel like I should be pushed to do that. Right. You know, so as an instructor, I try really hard to recognize, like, yeah. your voice would be awesome for this. Mm-hmm. Let's try this because it's going to shine naturally. And using strength, saying strength is where we're going to focus our efforts. Yeah. And make those things stronger mm-hmm. instead of, like, whittling away yeah. at the, the little things that ultimately, whenever people go to perform, they forget all that anyway. If you get... I can't remember what, what this, I can't remember the percentage of what my mentor said, but she said, if you can just get like 30% of what we do here and you're playing, you're going to grow exponentially. Wow. We're only looking for you getting like 30% of some of this technique in your playing. That's awesome. Because no one can do it perfectly ever. Right. The person at the top of the mountain is still working on something. Mm-hmm. And I know that because the people I know that are at the top of their mountains tell me, Oh, I was terrified. Yeah. I fucked the whole bridge or uh-huh. um, I was so afraid no one was going to come to that show yeah. or like I still hear those things. Mm-hmm. So, and I think it's into that end so effective to surround yourself with people that are not trying to be their highlight reel all the time, you know? Yeah. And, um, you'd think that's that just sounds so simple and easy, but it's not. No, oh my that's God. no, it's not. Just find your people. It's so hard though. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know though. Something is like washing over me about my hatred for Josh Groban, <laughs> and I'm having this moment where I'm like, God, I'm so glad that his music touches people. It's true. Yeah. And so does Adele's. <laughs> That's right. I, so I know my job was to convince you to love Adele, but I, or to you know just to like her. I will say, the vowel structure of the word memory. My memories. Memories. Every time I just think <laughs> my memories. My, my and I know she's from another country. My I get it. My memories. My memories. Yes. And so then when my kids come in and they want to sing it, that's the first thing that comes out of their mouth. And I'm like, memories are here. <laughs> memories are up here. You Men are not British. Versus ma'am. <laughs> you are not British. Adele gets away with it. So does Elton John. They are British. That's true. And that to that, like that's their vowel structure. That is a Can't vowel structure. Can't change that. Unless you try to t- manipulate it out of them. Yes. Which we won't do. No. Nope. Because we love Nina Simone. And, <laughs> and we love people like that that are. Right. Who they are. They make us feel something. Yeah. yeah. And I do I do think, too, people feel things when they listen to Josh Gorman's music. And the same with Adele. Yeah. You know, her writing is very universal. I think there's a lot of. A lot of things that she says and the way that she the way that she says them are just really effective. Yeah. So I do appreciate and um, enjoy her songwriting. Yeah, I do mm-hmm. too. Yeah. 
And I love the cover of Bob Dylan's Make You Feel My Love. <laughs> which the chords do change in the bridge on that one, on the but chorus on that one. That's because Bob Dylan. So. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait, make you change. Oh. Uh, nope, doesn't count. Mm. Bob Dylan. <laughs> so, yeah. I just, we leave that where it is. Yeah, good stamp, though. Good I feel stamp. like it, maybe we could, like, start a side hustle of this, which is just called, like, sit down and talk to your neighbor about things that, and try and convince the other person of something you hate. Like it's not, I'm not Don't start with Trump right away. Oh, n- I like don't something know like curbside <laughs> recycling, <laughs> which in the city of Columbia, Missouri yes. is quite the hot topic right now. Yes, it is. Which I'm very frustrated about because after 10 years of not living within the city limits, I moved to a new house. I'm so excited to have curbside recycling. I don't have to drag my ass to the dump site right. once a week or <laughs> Let's be honest. Once every six months and let the garage just fill up with shit. <laughs> right. Move to the new house and the next week they suspend the recycling program. And I'm like, well, guess I'm burning my shit. <laughs> Which is probably awful. There will just be a pyre, a pyre of uh, recyclables in my backyard. <laughs> yeah. All of the cardboards are going into our fireplace. That's, yes. I mean, but yeah. anyway. So, yeah. Yeah, I like but that. Like, that would be pretty cool. Like, okay, without recording it and putting on a podcast, <laughs> hey, neighbor, you want to sit down and you tell me something you hate and I'll tell you something I hate and we'll just see if we'll we can convince one another. That's great. I yeah. like that a lot. Because it ended up with a lot of common ground. I think so, too. And yeah. then I just defended Adele and you defended <laughs> Josh Groban. So <laughs> guess what? Started guess we talking win. about Josh Groban, defended him, couldn't help myself. <laughs> couldn't end up liking him in the end. Uh, God. Good deal. No morals. Oh, okay. So now. What's next? There was Coben, there was Adele and Josh Groban, and then we were going to talk about things that we have done for under $100 that <laughs> made us feel like whores. Now we're going to talk about shit gigs. Again, maybe yeah. not. More specifically, get things that we have done as musicians for less than $100. Yes. And we're not talking about $100 an hour. We're just $100 or less, period. Period. Okay. Sometimes for the whole band. Okay. You go first. <laughs> You just mm, did. I'm just my first, I did. <laughs> my first, first ever gig was back in like 2000. The year 2000. The year 2000. <laughs> and um, we had found this little dive bar down on Broadway called the Sapphire Lounge. It's no longer there. But it had a very fancy title and it had really cool like um, the the logo was really cool. It had like the little 1950s star, very mid-century looking, very cool. Atomic. You know? Yes. 50s, 60s jazz, you know, like we just felt we should be there. I wore a velvet black concert dress with pearls and heels to that gig at the Sapphire Lounge because we wanted to look dressy and he was wanting to have like a fancy cocktail hour, the owner. So we wanted to look good. And I was like, well, I went epic jazz singer. Like, oh my, I think I may have tried to put a flower in my hair. Like I was going very <laughs> Billie Holiday. Very. Oh. We got paid $25 a piece. We started at 9 o'clock. We ended at 1. We could drink <gasps> as much booze as we wanted to. You could smoke inside. Oh, my God. I, at that gig, had one of my, at the time, very good friends come in, shwasted. <laughs> And <laughs> actually heckle me from stage singing, sing at last, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which was not in my repertoire um, and never will be because I'm not Etta James. Sure. And, but sing at last, bitch, I think was the last one. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. So that was, we started branching out of the Sapphire Lounge after sing at last. <laughs> sing at last. <laughs> yeah. Which the chords are, are 
fairly complex in that. They they move around. Yeah, they yeah, do. Totally it's not five like a 12-bar blues that you could just check out, you know? Right. I don't know. Right. Well, this was this was in the year 2000, so, you know, to, or maybe it was like 2003, but still, like, we didn't have iReal Pro app. I was right, transposing. You had the real book, and the real book was in the standard key, and unless you sing high soprano or tenor, you're not going to sing it in public in that key. Sure. So you had to hand transpose charts. I know that one of people that we've both studied with in town used to get paid $20 a chart to do that for singers. Sure. Because they didn't know how to write it out. Oh, my God. So I have handwritten charts in my key and then in the alto saxis key <laughs> from years of those. Of just doing it. Of just doing it. And then it was like, are you kidding me? There's an app like in 2012 <laughs> or whatever. It's like that whole life is gone. There are so many apps now that would have made my life so much easier <laughs> 15 years ago. Yes. I mean, teaching apps, just just everything. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm glad you branched out from we that. Did, we did bran- we branched <laughs> out. Well, geez, we started making 150 as a five-piece band. It was great. Oh, my. Yeah. Mm, Mid-Missouri payment. <laughs> All the beautiful booze in the world, though. Uh, you know, and I don't mind the booze. I realize that's whatever, part of the trade, but... Sometimes I just I don't I don't care to get wasted. No. When I perform. No, no, no. You know, a little like one what do you call it? Communion Aperitif, glass. communion, yeah. That that loosens things up a little bit for me. Mm-hmm. Um but more than one or two and I'm just I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Yeah. yeah. Sorry mm-hmm. I just stepped on you. You don't want to do it and I'm oh, sloppy. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not going to improvise over jazz charts more than uh-huh. two drinks. That's it. That's as far as I can go for the whole gig. Sure. Yeah. So take note, venue owners. <laughs> <laughs> Just money will do. Just money is Just fine. Just money is fine. Um, yeah. So speaking of free gigs. <laughs> free gigs. gigs. Free gigs. <laughs> 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 stampedes. This wasn't even that long ago. I wish that I could say that it was the year 2000 or 2003, but it was, <laughs> I look, I went back on my calendar when we decided we were going to do <laughs> things we've done for less than a hundred dollars. I went back to the year 2016, which was, mind you, only four years ago. Right. That was really when I started doing things mm-hmm. that weren't classical, right? And I did a an outdoor gig, ah. a local outdoor market. Right. And, um, you know, they, they don't pay their musicians, but they do provide, I guess, a what would you call it? A love offering from all of the vendors. Like an ante. Yeah. Like a giving pot. Like a giving pot. And... Um, it's all their produce and, I- and items, mm-hmm. and it's a f- it's a generous give. I will say that, but I don't want to be paid in bread, <laughs> right? <laughs> or soap, um, and so I I took this gig or signed up for a slot, I suppose I should say, um, knowing that I was going to share that gig with uh, a friend of ours, and who's a guitarist, and so we show up to the gig knowing we were s- we were going to split the set, mm-hmm. alternate a couple songs. So we could each kind of shop, and, and it was a beautiful day. And we show up, and in this particular outdoor venue, I guess at the time, they had um, at the end of this kind of circular or maybe just a road was where the musicians are always set up, and they always had a little pop-up tent for them. And like just your run-of-the-mill, 10 by 10, white tent. Well, we get there, and it's not set up. There's no power. There's nothing. And... I was thinking, okay, we can make do. We're gonna we're gonna ask somebody. Went around. Um, there's a storage shed there where they keep this tent. It is not a pop up tent. It is literally forty pound concrete weights. No. 
And this person that we split, that I split the set with, you know, she's like buff as hell. So she's like, (laughs) (laughs) she's like, I got it. Oh, this is heavy. And I'm like, well, if it's heavy for you, I'm in trouble. So we spent a good 35 minutes setting that fucker up. And it was not enjoyable. I was so sweaty by the time. And then running the power, you know, it just was, I, I don't know. I don't think that that was something I anticipated because I remember I, I, when I thought back to this gig, I was like, did I know the tent wouldn't be set up? And the answer is no. I did not know. Right. Sometimes we know. Sometimes right. we know what we're getting ourselves into. Right. I knew what I was getting myself into when I signed up for a slot at a free gig, and I would be paid in produce. I knew that. Right. I did not know that I was going to have to l- do, like, a 40-minute hit workout beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, you know, I don't know. At the end of the day, I, I did not strike the tent I was like you guys can do that yeah (laughs) you know and that's that's I don't know that since then that particular market has um done anything different for their musicians right um so that's just what it is yeah yeah that is what it is and I remember taking a pumpkin home and being like this better be a fucking good pumpkin (laughs) (sighs) oh I got paid in pumpkins it's cool I got paid in chives (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> it was a beautiful day you know oh yeah well, it always is and it always is a great little audience people come and actually sit and listen mm-hmm. to you and enjoy and then kind of go about their business but man I was like I'm not going to do that again unless right. I anticipate all that well and it helps a lot whenever you've got merch for those kind of things right so you're you know once you've got some residual things you're like I can put these things out and I might make some money on that because that money's long gone from my account right so now it's just stuff that I own that I'm selling you mm-hmm. know and that's great mm-hmm. um but no, it's no. I know as a vendor you pay, you pay to be a vendor, right? At that at that place, and I just wondered, like I do with most things, you know, we're at a venue. I'm like, what goes into the cost of this ticket? What goes into the price of a vendor's spot? And I'm like, man, what fifty cents a week is all it would take, you know, to right. to fund a maybe a solo or a duet, right? You know, It'll adequately really fund that. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. I think part of it's just that we're not seeing um, that as adding to the, we see it as adding to the experience, but not to the cost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, like you go to, to the bar to pay for your drink and the music is just there. Right. And so like I pay for the music and then I also pay for my drinks and all of this is a commodity that's all being, being purchased. Correct. Which is all fine, except when it becomes like a quote unquote concert series at X, Y, or Z venue. And it's marketed as this commodity right. that people are showing up and they're doing their shopping and they're getting some breakfast and they're listening to music right. that is not paid for. Right. That's that's my beef. <laughs> well, and we get, you know, I'm, not, I'm just going to sidestep quickly into this water and then take my toe directly out. Okay. But just, I'm just going to say like local film festivals also just saying it's for exposure and then I'm going to take that foot right back out. But that's a similar thing. That leads really nicely into our next set of experiences. Y- yes, it does. You film go festivals. and then I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> film festivals. And our particular community has an abundance of them. Yes, we do. We are really lucky. It's yes. amazing. It's amazing cultural thing. And it's amazing for musicians who um, are able to perform there mm-hmm. and to do those festivals. And I've been very grateful to do them. As um, have I. Yes. So, um, however, right. And I don't even know, I don't even know that I want to, so it's a film festival. Right. It's we a know film that. festival. We know that. I did a very specific, um, with a group of friends of mine, we did a very specific 
tune called, um, well, I won't tell you the name of it. Okay. So it's just, it's a very specific tune. It was geared for this festival. I wrote it for this festival, and we made a video, a really silly video together, and, and then we sent it to this film festival. And we said, you know, here you can use this video as part of stuff, you know, here it is. And because we were performing at the opening night. And so we were like, hey, that'll be really cool. If someone afterwards, we can tell people about it and social media and all that. Okay. Um, so I go to get our passes and there's a lawyer there and he <gasps> asks me to sign over rights to it. Whoa. And I'm like, I have never heard this story. And I'm like, Why? I'm like, well, I, I wrote the song, so, like, you guys can use the stuff, you know, but, like, if you start making money off of it or something <sighs> like that, then, like, I'd want to I'd wanna know about that. They just kind of just slipped it in. Oh, my God. Yeah, like, I would just say yes. <sighs> and I, I said, so I'd be really curious to talking to you about what we could do. <laughs> that would be great. If you like it that much, then that let's, let's do it. But no. Oh, my God. Yeah, so weird. I and no idea. We're talking about, like, just some sort of little... Like a ditty, toot to toot toot that we put ditty together ditty for fun. Ditty. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. And so then, what ended up happening? Oh, and we also had to fight for our rights to have the right passes too. It was like, well, <laughs> you're doing this, and so, and that was part of what we were told we were doing was getting the passes. And it was like, man. <laughs> so I just I learned so much at that particular particular festival that then I mean it was one of the like seminal moments for me of like mm. this is why a contract is important. This is why you put things in writing. This is why you. Yeah. ask a lot of questions and if you're that person that's exhausting someone mm -hmm. that is on them yeah you are taking care of yourself that is self-care yes so, um not just self-care but professional it's right. professional the constant balance of not being enough as a woman but being too much is just not on the table when it comes to my professional life i love that no no more so that was that that was that experience which was great wow and i wish i could say that my similar experience had a um uh i don't know how you're ended I guess but mine just ended with frozen hands and no money <laughs> 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 which was I also at a film festival okay um and you know I had kind of helped um do a little legwork getting some musicians in different mm -hmm. places for I this remember that. yes and it was the first time that they kind of had somebody um middlemanning that I guess um and it was it partially was a way for me to kind of get my foot in that door and get to know some film people mm -hmm. um I had at that time been working with a filmmaker who was pretty involved in that community and so it seemed like an easy thing and it was you know because they were respectful of my boundaries and I was respectful of theirs but the agreement was I come do this outdoor gig at the end of October which in Missouri is kind of a toss-up that can be uh -huh. pretty nice or it could be freezing right. literally and so it happened to be the latter, <laughs> and I agreed to do this outdoor 30-minute set at kind of this bustling um, reception of sorts, and it was outside. They had heat lamps. They had open bar. They had appetizers, people going around, you know, serving that, and the agreement was a pass the bucket, which um, if you're listening to this and you don't know what that is, that's just um, love offering its tips, mm -hmm. right? You set the bucket out, but the difference between just kind of setting out a tip bucket and intentionally making an announcement about it and passing it is one is really successful typically yep. and the other one is not here here and the agreement was that they were supposed to make an announcement mm -hmm. about the music they were listening to and pass a hat and they did not do that and I intentionally went to somebody in charge about halfway through the set and reminded of them to do that it did not happen and it was so cold outside and I was playing with a drummer who was 
kind of winging it with me, more or less. Maybe we, I think we had practiced once. And we went in, and I remember buying tea, which, and thought to myself, I shouldn't have to buy this, this hot tea. <laughs> um, bitterness. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, holding on to just, that tea. Just holding on to that tea. <laughs> and we were warming up in this and thinking, okay, we're going to go outside and play. And I think I pulled in. I had my merch set up and everything, and I think I maybe pulled in 10 bucks from that gig. Mm. And I was like, never again. I had my, I brought the keyboard and the PA and everything, and it was just not successful. And I wouldn't say worth my time because I did learn. I learned. Right, it's all right. a learning experience. And I'm grateful for the relationships of the people that I worked with. Um, you know, I'm not bitter about that. I just wish that um, if you are creating a commodity mm -hmm. that involves music, you have to account for that cost. Yep. And it is, I totally understand it's a film festival. Mm -hmm. Don't have music there. Or don't say you, or don't say you want music and then not be able to, to afford it. So yeah, that's just my beef. I hear that. Yeah. I so hear that one. Um, should we save the others for another yeah, I episode? I think we should. Cause These I was good. just thinking, I was just thinking, I'm like, I feel like that, um, I want to ask permission from a friend to tell his circle on the rock Ooh. or his circle of life on the rock story oh. or maybe even just ask him to record it and send it to us so you can hear it. I'm so intrigued. Because it's such a good like. You mean like Lion King? Lion Pride King rock kind of thing? circle of the rock with a white guy or circle of life on a rock, a rotating rock. Oh. It, it involves a rotating rock, but <gasps> I feel like I've already said too much. Okay. You might gonna, have to edit it out. All right. Yeah. No, I'm keeping it. I should say this. I would like to ask permission for a fr from a friend about a good, bad gig story. Perfect. Yeah. We'll save gig stories for that'll be like an everyday occurrence. <laughs> yeah, or somebody like, else's or gig stories. Exactly. You guys can totally send them in. I would love to hear your gig I stories. I would love to hear other people's yeah. gig stories. And you don't have to be a musician. Heck, no. you could just be any sort of performer. Yeah, you could just talk about a performance you've seen that, you know, you really <laughs> felt for that person or something. <laughs> yeah, or one you've done. I love it. That sounds good to me. And you are? I am Audra Sergal. And I'm Robin Anderson. And then we have to both say, this is Musician's Motherfucking Dish. Okay, is that the cadence? <laughs> yes, okay, the cadence. okay, okay. Do we want to say motherfucker? Oh, sure. Okay, all right. Yeah. <laughs> and this, this is Musician's Motherfucking Dish. I had to look at your lips to make sure I said it right. <laughs> <laughs> Which lips? I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, it's so wrong. I love you. Okay. Love you. Oh, that was good. Sing from the rafters. Life, love, and laughter. Musician's dish. Josh Groban makes your vagina clam up. It makes me want to just sew it shut. <laughs> <laughs> My soul is dead. I don't know.